Hello, and welcome to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. I'm your host, Joni Advent Maher, mystic, spiritual midwife, and visionary leadership guide. It's my great pleasure to share inspiring and intimate conversations and emerging wisdom gathered from our collective feminine journey of awakening. My guests are revolutionary women at the cutting edge of both personal and global transformation. I invite you to join us in claiming our sovereignty, changing the world, and flourishing no matter what. Welcome to the show, beloveds. I'm so glad to be with you again, and I am delighted to share my guest with you today. I have invited Lori McDaniel to join us. So welcome, Lori. Thank you so much for having me. Lori is the founder of Rainbow Bridges, a transformational learning community for women that is dedicated to transforming racism into love through the power of conversations. Her background includes 20 years of corporate technology consulting, training, and learning design. And along the way, she became a transformational coach and facilitator and has coached hundreds of people over the last decade. She is formally trained in transformational coaching methodologies, which include transformational design, coaching, and facilitation. She is currently leading a program called Confident and Clear that teaches women how to have confident, clear, transformative conversations about race. She also leads transformational women's circles and participates in sacred feminine spiritual work. Her specialty is in bringing warmth and grace to subjects that are hard for people to talk about. She creates a safe chrysalis for growth, learning, and tender vulnerability that leads to deep and lasting transformation. Welcome, Lori. Thank you so much, Joni. Mm. So I have to say, each segment that as I deepened through your bio of what you're open or what you're up to, my heart was kind of opening more and more. And this idea, like each, each new thing was like, and that, and that, and that, and this idea that you create a safe chrysalis for growth, learning, and tender vulnerability is such a powerful medicine. So I would love to just hear you speak about just that aspect of yourself or, or how you came to recognize that was one of your soul gifts. Mm, yes, thank you for that. Yeah, I think that um, I think I've always known that I have that I was compassionate and sort mm. of um, tough on the outside and sort of tender on the inside, you know, and and very sensitive to how other people felt. Of course, in adulthood, realizing that that's 
empathic ability, really, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. being sensitive to energy, being sensitive to how other people feel, and so on, and, and caring about it, and caring about how others feel. And in the work that I'm doing now around both empowering women uh, in general, which is a passion of mine, and then empowering women to have great conversations, authentic, transformative conversations around race. I really realized over time, you know, coaching so many people, you know, getting trained in transformational design, like how do you actually like orchestrate a transformation, right? Mm, mm -hmm. And and that can be orchestrated, you know, it can Mm. be caused. And so in, in that, in, in these experiences, it just became really clear to me that there has to be this really tender, safe, warm, Mm. chrysalis. Yes. You know, that that people can grow in, you know, and feel safe in to to be imperfect, you know, and to yes. grow. Yeah. And I, you know, it's it's so difficult in any kind of sticky um, or emotionally charged conversation, much less around one of the most charged conversations to feel that way. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, Absolutely. So really, really, where that comes from is that it became really clear to me. As a, you know, my mission, my sole mission is transformation. Mm -hmm. And so I've gotten trained in how to do that. And Mm -hmm. I've gotten very good at how to actually orchestrate it. And it it only happens when there is that, that warm, safe space, that tender, you Mm -hmm. know, tender place to expand and grow and transform. Yes. So so the women that you're working with, the women that are participating in your program, ha- have you seen kind of that evolution coming from that place of safety? Or yes, can you describe that or tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, actually, it's so. I love that question. I was, um, I was really, I was really happy and just really satisfied last week in our. Um, I'm, I have a 10 week program, which I've shared with you about confident mm-hmm. and clear. And we're at the, like in the last, um, couple of weeks of it. And so we've been reflecting on the growth. I've actually asked for women to share, you know, I really want you to reflect on and appreciate the growth that you've gone through. And so one of the women shared, um, a white woman in the course, she shared that, she's so much more comfortable now being uncomfortable. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, I thought it was so profound for her to put it that way because that's, it's so uncomfortable to be talking (laughs) about race from any point of view, you know, it's not comfortable. And yet so many of us don't talk about it enough because we're not comfortable being so uncomfortable. (laughs) You know, and I loved that she had had that growth breakthrough where she still feels uncomfortable, but she's created, she now kind of has this ability to create um, resources around her, like a, like a bubble, almost, mm, you know, yes. so she can be on, she can be safe and, and feel safe emotionally while she's feeling uncomfortable. It's sort of paradoxical, but that's one of the things that I teach, you know, how, how to actually create that from within. Yeah, so it's a real sense of resilience is what I'm hearing. 
it, you're fostering a resilience as in a capacity to hang in there on that tough edge and uh, just make yourself at home. (laughs) You know, that's a really great way of saying it. That's right. Because I think we're conditioned to be very fragile, you know? Yes. There's certain, I really love the book and the body of work, white fragility by Robin DiAngelo. And I think that it applies to white people exactly as she says. And there's what I've started to call color fragility in general too, mm, where mm-hmm. people are so uncomfortable out there on the skinny branches. You know, I like your <laughs> analogy, <laughs> like yeah. so fragile. Like we just kind of like, ah, I can't take it. You know what? And then we run away or we blow up or we get defensive or we attack. And that's kind of a cross color. It just looks different. Yes. You know, it, it comes out a little differently. And so, um, yeah, I think that the resilience you're pointing to is a good way of 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 calling it, and I also name it as um, resources. Um, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I should say I name it that way. I'm mentored in the realm of feminine power by Dr. Claire Zamet, mm-hmm. and I'm in her facilitation, you know, world as uh-huh. a mentee, you know, facilitator. And she gives us permission to incorporate aspects of her work. Mm. That's one of the most important things in feminine power is to develop and cultivate this ability to resource yourself from within, not from circumstances or what someone's saying or not saying, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's where our true power lies. Because yeah. <laughs> right. if we're relying on external circumstances to to keep us safe we're basically in trouble (laughs) right exactly you're going to be fragile and and not be able to be in these conversations you know or to um you're always going to be falling to pieces is what I call it you know feeling like falling to pieces you're too fragile to be in these conversations unless you have that ability you know to to source yourself from from within Yes. Well, I one of the things that I love about that perspective, but but also I'm really curious, just speaking with you, is you are someone who identifies as a light worker. Mm-hmm. So, which to me implies spirituality in nature, but you're also dealing with this really real life, nitty gritty, like on the ground, uh, boots on the ground issue, and. And that is like that for me is a really interesting combination. And so I would love if you're open to it, just to hear you talking about inside, you know, within yourself, like how those worlds uh, integrate or how, how one informs the other, do they inform, you know, does your kind of working with the real life pain and suffering in the world, does it inform your light work, so to speak? Or do you know what I'm asking? Mm-hmm. Am I being clear? Yeah, I think it, oh yeah, definitely. I think it's a really interesting question that I haven't, um, I really haven't thought about it the way that you're asking it. It's really mm. interesting to me and it's layered, you know, there's <laughs> there are layers to what you're pointing to. and. Um, I think that 
it's interesting in the American context when you're talking about like that's one thing that is a layer I think in mm-hmm. what, what you're mm-hmm. uh, illuminating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the term light worker is generally not someone who is in the Christian, you know, the traditional kind of Judeo-Christian um, environment. You know, like generally, I think that word connotes someone who's more in the quote unquote new age um, world of, of spirituality. Um, it's getting broader, which is exciting to me. You know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. getting broader and it's going more mainstream. Um, but I was definitely brought up outside of Christianity. You know, I oh, come from, a, okay. a, yeah, my mom is a, a unity minister. Wow. Yeah, she's just a just a uh, a real goddess and she <laughs> she brought us up ironically in Orange County, California, which is very uh-huh. Christian, traditional Christian. And so we kind of had to hide in in a lot of ways because wow. it's, um uh I think you would probably understand this being where you live is yes. that if you're in a majority traditional Christian environment, if you're not that you're vilified, you know, and it's actually not, it's not, it's not a joke, you know, it's not a light. Right, right, (laughs) right. It's, it is, in a way, it's interesting, because in a way, it is, it could be like the the issue of race, where you are Mm -hmm. literally more vulnerable in some ways, in some real Mm -hmm. concrete ways, just by virtue of your being, who you are as a being. Yes. Yeah, I think that's well said. Wow. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, growing up, you know, and her mother and her mother, mm-hmm. they were also, you know, outside of, you know, they were, mm-hmm. um, like my great grandmother was a Christian scientist. And so my grandmother was raised as in that. Wow. She kind of did her own thing as an adult, loves, loves that world, but also was a Unitarian and then ended up in unity. And then my mom came along and dabbled in everything and then became a minister, you know, so, wow. So that really, um, was how I was raised mm-hmm. in home. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. And so for me, you know, I feel like I came to the term light worker in adulthood, mm-hmm. but that's who I come from, mm-hmm. you know, women have been light workers of some kind and even in other parts of the family tree, there was like I've realized they were all light workers without without leaving traditional Christianity necessarily. They were wow. still that turn within there, but they were, you know, leaders in social justice, you know, suing the government for discrimination or or what have you, lots of different sort of stories where they stood up for social justice and were kind, good people, leaders in the community that kind of thing first African-Americans to do things and so on. So they were all kind of carrying the torch. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, it sounds like really are living out in a way your legacy or there, you know, there has been Mm -hmm. a legacy of this um, both activism and being really in the world, but also having this strong spiritual uh, support or backing or or connection. Yes, absolutely. And I and I also think that part of the layering of your thank you for naming that so well. Mm-hmm. By the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and I think that part of your 
question is very interesting to me from the point of view of um, race and mm -hmm. in a Western country and particularly in America, because I think that any, any, I would, I would guess I'm, this is just me guessing, but if you were to talk to any black people who call themselves light workers, yes, it would never be separate from race. Ah, see, that's what, <laughs> that's, that's why I'm honored and delighted to have this conversation with you. Uh, in part, just my own curiosity or how, how that, uh, yeah, just to understand, just to understand more deeply your experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, I really appreciate the question. It's, it's very rich for me to see that um, point of view because mm -hmm. I've never thought of them as exclusive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, neither, neither point of view is, is the truth. It's just different, right? right. Different lived experiences. Um, and certainly my light work, I think until recently didn't center on race, you know, like it was really women and current events have really like for so many people have, have activated me, you know, like yes. it really, I realized, oh, I was coded for this. <laughs> right, right. Oh, this, the, okay, got it. Right, <laughs> like, it's not something to do with other things. It's actually center now for me. Um, along with, and I, and really, it's with women too. You know, uh -huh, uh -huh. before I was, I was dabbling. I had kind of women in the center of my transformational work. Yes, as a facilitator, and and it just kind of has. Um, and it, it's almost like I, it's not me doing it, you know, it's like, I'm just kind of <laughs> an agent of, of spirit of my soul. Right. So now it's like race is really front and center. Yes. Yes. For, and just for anyone who does, who isn't necessarily familiar with the term light worker, um, cause I, of course, make assumptions about what that means. But for you, can you just articulate specifically when you say I am a light worker, what that means for you? Mm, that's a I love that. It's so funny. <laughs> I started looking into that word a few years ago when it started, when I came across it more. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And I was like, well, what do people mean by it? And I And I really settled for myself on it's someone who's spreading light intentionally, mm. you know, just like really intentionally. They know this is who they are. This, they know this is what they're doing. They have their way that they're doing it or ways, mm -hmm. you know, there are, I, I think that's a little different from someone who, you know, you can tell they're a light worker, but maybe they're, you know, they're sitting this life out, <laughs> you know, right. they're a great person. They're like amazing in their community, whatever their community, you know, maybe they're even in a fundamental religion. Right. Right. But that's, that, that to me is distinct from the word light worker because there's intent. You're really in conscious of it, you know, mm -hmm. you're intentionally, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. Right. Well, it's to me, it really blends with this idea for you or this mission statement of transformation that mm -hmm. I, I hear your intention of bringing light and transforming uh, 
all those, <laughs> all the pieces mm-hmm. that you are capable of, you know, bringing your light to, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, I, I really appreciate the language you're bringing to that. I think mm-hmm. that's really well articulated. Thank you. Thank you. So, so would you like to talk about your program, Confident and Clear, or or what's help me distinguish between Rainbow Bridges and the Confident and Clear? Is one the program and one is the community? Yeah, that's exactly right. Rainbow Bridges is the, you know, the name of my organization. Mm-hmm. And underneath that, if you will, you could think of Confident and Clear as a just a program. Like it's okay. the programs. Um, I don't have other programs just yet. There are more coming. And so that's the main one. Uh And um, yeah, just to tell you a little bit about it, it's, uh, it's really going to morph, you know, I'm very much in the, I'm, I'm from a corporate background in training. And so Mm -hmm. I've been like, I've been evolving out and of that in some ways in terms of masculine energy and Mm -hmm. how to wield masculine power and not have it wheeled me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well said. Yes. Yeah, right. And 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 really um, cultivating a lot of feminine energy and feminine approaches to things, which means mm-hmm. for me allowing things to morph, even as I apply structure. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So there will be more. There's going to be a morphing, I think, in 2021 of some of what confident and clear is is offering in the structure. Right now, it's a 10-week program, though, and um, as I was saying before, we're in the the last couple weeks of my current program. I'm going to launch another one end of January, mm-hmm. and what we do is we we go, it's for women of all colors, and um, we do three things. I say that there are three things that really you want to undertake to have great transformative conversations about um, race and really be able to keep your emotional balance and clarity mm-hmm. and confidence mm-hmm. in these conversations. And one is emotional work. Mm-hmm. Two is intellectual work. And three is conversational work. Mm-hmm. And um, I weave all of that into the session, you know, and, and what people are up to between the sessions as well. Uh, it's some feminine power, which mm-hmm. is based on Dr. Claire Zamet's work. It's a, amazing transformational body of work. And I think that what she has done with that body of work is actually the keys to the kingdom for resolving a lot of things. Mm, (laughs) Yes. A lot of things. And and so I weave that in as the emotional work Mm. so that women can become uh, unblocked, you know, unblocked, unfettered, be really rooted in their own power and their own inner deep wisdom. Mm, that's a wow. big chunk. Yeah. That's like the cornerstone of the program. And then with that, that unblocked energy, right. You can then step into reading, you know, a book like white fragility or how to be an anti-racist and then apply those things to conversations. Mm. So the intellectual and the conversational work really go hand in hand intellectual work is well if you don't know what's going on in a conversation in terms of historic history and socialization Mm. kind of like hear the pieces hear the history see the socialization that's happening over there with that other person 
and with yourself. Yes. It's just going to be like a swirly, like it's going to be confusing. Like you can feel that things are off when people say certain things. <laughs> but if you haven't like, if you haven't done a, enough of the intellectual, like reading and sort of thinking and connecting yes. with that, Yes. Yes. Yeah, right. It's like you can have all the confidence in the world and be so <laughs> centered and you're like heightened and you're like, but why does that make me feel so off when that person says that? <laughs> so, you know, you, for me, like the way I see it, you've got to deal with the emotions and the confidence, right. And the being rooted in your wisdom. Yes. The cognitive intellectual, you know, well, when they said that, okay. They're saying that because that's actually a historical theme that has morphed. And now I've read about it and can recognize it and speak to it. Mm. And then the conversational piece is practice. You know, I give people, um, we have what's called a conversational toolbox. And it's like three different, it's three columns. And on the left, you see um, things that people say that are very common. You know, okay. mm-hmm. you just say, I, I don't want to right. say anything because I, I don't know. I don't want to offend people, but well, that's okay. I'll just be honest and own how I feel. If someone says all lives matter. Oh, yes. Like that's problematic for me. It's, right. It says to me that they haven't, they don't understand history or socialization around race and, right. and that they are in a defensive posture. And so there's nothing I can do or say about that, though, even if I'm like blissed out and confident, if I haven't read things and educated myself about why it's problematic. (laughs) And so in the toolkit, I give people things that they can say, and they develop their own things that they can say to these common things. And it's like this exploration where I, I give a lot right? Like, here's what I think is going on. I think it's uh, universalism. Uh I think it's a good, bad binary, you know, from the book White Fragility, for example. Uh Or here's a classic anti-racist, here's a classic racist versus anti-racist theme. And then here's what I suggest you say. And I have that in the toolkit. But Mm. then it becomes a a co-creation with the people in the class every week to create their own as well and like add to their own toolkit and then we're practicing as well we're role-playing wow wow so you do this in is it a group for like a zoom group Uh it's zoom yeah and we're together for um a lot of the class and then we go into breakout rooms when it's time to role play and practice Mm -hmm. yeah wow and do you have i'm assuming well, let me, I won't assume, <laughs> do you? I'm a, well, I'm guessing perhaps you, you really uh, curate or um, assess who is participating, that you need a certain degree of maturity and positive intent. Mm-hmm. Is, is that correct? Um, yeah, yes. At to, this point, that's right. <laughs> to be able to participate, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you raise a really good point. And I'm still at the size, you know, it's small and intimate uh-huh. for now. Um, I expect it to grow quite a bit next next year. And mm-hmm. so 
I have had that question in my mind. Am I going to continue having a one-on-one conversation with everyone who comes in? You know, and I think I do think that that's important for now. I, I can see, and because I've seen very large organizations with like hundreds, mm-hmm. you know, hundreds of women in a program actually do that with certain programs to make mm-hmm. sure that they're, yes. you know, people are of good intent. Yes. And, I, and I do think that that's, I do think that that's important. Um, on the other hand, the other kind of question that I have, it, it, it's like a question mark. It's like this, this mm-hmm. big living question that I have that I suspect will get answered, you know, when I have to answer it, right? When I want, when I have 500 people who want to take the class. <laughs> as you're evolving. To, yes, as yeah, it's growing. Have, have this question answered, which is, well, what about the people who, who underneath it all, <laughs> uh-huh. even though they're perhaps argumentative and defensive or attacking, they actually do really want the transformation and do really care. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do have that as this, this open question. So I don't have an answer for that yet, but I do really, you know, in my heart, I do want to offer my gifts to those people so that they can have some, so that they can have some peace ultimately. Yes. Because ultimately they are suffering you know, just as long, just as much as anyone else. Yes, yes, yes. So you're staying in that inquiry and, mm-hmm. yeah. and trusting it will, uh, you'll get the opportunity to, to meet that at some point when at you. At some point, yeah, yeah. I think I'll have to, I may have to um, open it up in some ways. And, you know, I don't know, it's a juicy question. Yes. And it will be, it certainly, when that day comes, it will certainly be an indication of your, of your growth to that point, meaning the size and Mm -hmm. uh, the reach, which Mm -hmm. will be a great problem to have in a way. In a way. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's the beauty of leadership <laughs> where you get to handle those those complex and thorny issues. Yes, it is an it is an indicator, I think, of the impact you're having, mm-hmm. which I which I welcome. I'm not sure that I've ever really cared about, you know, fame, money, all the ego parts of it. Yes, um, yes. However, I do see that when you are dealing with problems like that, it means your, your reach is wide. Yes. So that's, that's a blessing. Yes. So t- tell us about Rainbow Bridges and w- mm-hmm. where is this community? How do people connect with your community? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's all online. My vision is to build on what I call my tech nerdery. <laughs> <laughs> Um, of many years and was in the technology industry for very for a long time. And my vision is really to have a global transformational learning community. Wow. It's actually modeled after Claire Zamet's amazing feminine mm-hmm. power global mm-hmm. community, um, mm-hmm. where thousands of, she has thousands of women in her in her uh, community, and thousands of women have gone through her her programs over the years and it's all been virtual, you know, Wow, extraordinary. It's just extraordinary what you can accomplish in terms of transformational work 
virtually. Yeah, I've, I've always, as a tech nerd, been really passionate about it. <laughs> specialized in it, even in my in my tech career. Uh huh. So now I'm parlaying all of that. Like I'm building all of that to build out this um, global community of women who come together around this this subject. You know, it's very much an intentional endeavor to to do the emotional work, to do the intellectual work and to do the conversational practice all together. Mm. It's in a program or I'm going to have like open practice sessions as well, like where people can just kind of practice, you know, because you just need to practice. You're actually kind of good at it, but you need a little tune up. Yes. That kind of thing is going to be offered as well. Um, And that's, that's really the vision is that it, that it is a lot, it has, has a very wide reaching impact and that the transformation is very deep. You know, it's not just like, let's go surface and sell the, sell millions of these things to, um, you know, every person in the world to build your empire. So to speak. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because uh, you get what I'm saying. Like sometimes when you're trying to go wide, people skim off the depth you know, to make it more palatable to more people. Yes. But my vision is to um, be palatable to the masses, if you will, while still retaining the depth. And it's all going to be virtual and inside of, you know, a beautiful, safe, warm community. Mm, I love that. Yes. So that's why I knew when I choose guests, I always feel like, yes, this, this is somebody that I need to have a conversation with. (laughs) And and you just said the words, the depth, like not, not a lot of, well, a lot of things do matter to me, but depth is up there at the top of the list. Yes. Me, I really get it. Me too. I just sort of have no I just don't have any um, tolerance. Isn't quite the right word. I'm not magnetized by surface things at all. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I absolutely get you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so rich. Depth is so. <laughs> like, I don't understand yeah. why everyone doesn't love it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I think it's just so. I think that depth is often. You know, you can, when you see, when you experience depth, when people have not uh, been, when they're not doing it with skill, ah. it's so <laughs> confronting to people. It's so confronting and scary. And, and it makes you start to, um, I think that there's a fragmentation that can happen, mm. which is yes. a natural part, right? It's a natural part of the caterpillar going into the, um, chrysalis there's a fragmentation that happens it actually turns into goop in there yeah it dissolves yeah yeah it dissolves but if you don't have the skill if you throw people into depth without the skill to create the um Mm. and the intentionality to create the chrysalis Mm -hmm. then they're just goop and (laughs) you know they're like well, it, you know, and it, I don't even, I'm not sure how to say what it is, but it isn't pretty. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. It, it is, it is actually the healthy masculine. It is the structure. It yeah. is the context. It mm-hmm. is the, mm-hmm. the guardrails. And, and it's part of what I appreciate about, 
your program and the way that you have delineated these different skill sets. And mm. it seems to me, I know that the the uh, we'll say the conduit or the portal in is the question or the conversation of race, but it certainly seems generalizable for once people learn those skills around mm-hmm. racial conversations, they could take them to yes. any other difficult <laughs> conversation. Yeah, that's exactly right, and that is, and I'm glad you brought that up. That is. Um, something that the women in my program have been sharing, you know, yes. they are finding themselves with a lot more um, ease mm. in these difficult situations. You know, for example, one of the women had a conflict with her sister about her niece, you know, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. like this emotionally sort of tricky sort of conversation. And it was beautiful how um, the participant in my course handled it because she used what she had been learning about, you know, seeking first to understand, taking Mm. responsibility for the chrysalis of the conversation, Mm. you know, extending um, like a radical empathy and generosity as well. And so that had the conversation with her sister, which started off kind of touchy. Like her sister was like, well, why are you talking to me about my kid? Kind of defensiveness. Bristly, yes. Yeah. And it was it was this beautiful conversation where they actually ended up having a real breakthrough in their relationship and f- ended on a real high note and a lot of connection and intimacy was created. Mm. And that's, you know, the beats of that conversation are the same, whatever the conversation topic is. I just happen to, yes. you know, be yes. bringing grace to it. To it. Right. And that's the teaching. Uh, th- that's the portal in the doorway in is, yeah. is through conversation about race, which is, mm-hmm. is, is so important. And I, I think about like what you have created, <laughs> I think about what you have created and it just makes me so excited because, oh my gosh, like how much healing, growth, transformation, awakening can happen for people. Mm-hmm to learn these skills and to do it. You, you've done it in this very concrete, tangible way. So, yeah. Thank you. Uh, yes. Thank you so I'm, I'm waving, I'm waving the banner. Like, yes, yes, yes. Growth. Lots of growth. <laughs> growth, <laughs> growth. That's right. Then you get to be a butterfly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sustainable growth at a rate you can, you can do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yes. So if someone wanted to uh, participate in the Rainbow Bridges community, how do they find it? What do they do? Great. Thank you. I forgot to um, say my website. I get mm-hmm. so excited about what, what's <laughs> happening. I just like, and this and that and this. The depth um, of the conversation. The depth, right? I know. The depth. I'm like, website? What? <laughs> so uh, the website is um, rainbow bridges dot teachable.com that's rainbow dash bridges dot teachable.com and that's like the home page and you can click on all courses at the top and go to the confident and clear um, Mm -hmm. course page and Mm -hmm. read about it and then my email is on there if people want to reach out I'm at uh, rainbow bridges lm for Lori McDaniel 
So mm-hmm. it's rainbowbridgeslm at gmail.com. Terrific. And then you have a Facebook group as well? I do. Yeah, I have the Rainbow Bridges um, community on uh, Facebook. I don't know the uh, link for that off the top of my head, but um, I will have it in the show notes. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I always do. I guess I'm not that much of a tech nerd. A true tech nerd (laughs) would have memorized the URL. (laughs) But yeah, people are welcome to join and reach out with any questions. I love talking about it as well. So if people Mm -hmm. are, um, what I'm, what I'm going to be doing is offering um, complimentary coaching. So if people, Ah. um, it's not up on my website yet, but I'm just going to be offering that through from now through the end of January, if people want to schedule complimentary coaching with me, like let's say they're struggling with a, an issue around race. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it could be any life issue because as we were saying, um, I think that for women, especially it's, it's so easy to translate, you know, from one area of life to another. Yes. Um, so if people would like to take advantage of that, I'm available for that. And I'm scheduling those now. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, and your, your course confident and clear. Mm -hmm. So this episode you and I are recording now will be out just after the first of the year. So it will be probably later that month, later in January. It'll be sometime the last week in uh, January. I don't have the dates just yet. Sometime between now and, you know, once we start up again at the beginning of the year, I'm going to put the actual date of when we're starting, but it'll yes. be that last week of January that we start the next uh, 10 week program. Great. So if someone's interested, they can go to your website, which is also the link is in the show notes and, mm-hmm. and, or the Facebook group. I'm, I'm sure you'll be talking yeah. about it there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Good. So, so as we bring this to a close, is there anything else, uh, if you were to just check into your own inner wisdom, that feels important to name, express, or articulate? Yeah, thank you for that. Thanks for asking that. I, mm-hmm. think, I think that the last thing I'll say is, is two parts. And um, one is you know, it's really important for people to seek first to understand the other person, mm-hmm. you know, and to actually try and have compassion and understanding about where they're coming from, even when everything in your conditioning is like, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense. Yeah. I don't get it. Yes. Right. So that's thing one. That would be my wisdom, you know, pearl, wisdom pearl one. Wisdom Pearl 2 is that, um, you know, it's, it's so important for everyone to get on the same page about what racism is. Mm. It's, not, um, it's really not what we think it is. A lot of us think that it's bad, mean people doing bad, mean things or saying bad, mean things to other people. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not it. Racism mm-hmm. is actually a complex social historical system that we're all inside of, you know, it's this complex system. Yes. And so I, I have that as a cornerstone of what I, what my mission is, is to get everyone out of the, the good, bad thing. The illusion. Yeah. Because it becomes like, well, are you a good person or a bad person? 
And it's like, well, this is not about morality at all. This is about right. system, right? So let's just take that off the table, right? We're not talking about whether you're a good, bad, or bad person. We want to look at the system and how it's showing up in this moment. That's all. So that's that's something I'm really passionate about as well. Yes, good, good. I'm glad I'm glad you put that out there. And Thank from you. my perspective, it, it seems like it is a um it is a a byproduct of or a or a key tenant of the patriarchy, we'll we'll uh-huh. say. Yeah. Uh and yeah, so as we are moving forward and the patriarchy is dissolving mm-hmm. uh, and racism w- will not dissolve fast enough. But ne- I mean, neither of them, that those are both aspects plus other things in addition that are, are needing to crumble and mm-hmm. kind of emerge a new, more whole and honoring way of relating to each other can emerge as those crumble and yeah I dissolve. Love that. <laughs> yes. yes I love that dissolving and emerging I think that's exactly exactly the process we're in and, it, and it's really beautiful you know what's really quite beautiful and extraordinary and <laughs> yes when it's not a hot mess it's really yeah. beautiful <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It is, but it is. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. Well said. Thank yes, you. Yes, you're very welcome. Well, thank you, Lori, for you are the first episode and interview of the year. So thank you for for starting us off in 2021 with new possibilities. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Joni. Thanks so much for having me on. It's just been a really rich and delightful conversation. Mm -hmm. I really want to acknowledge you and your spirit of generosity and compassion that really comes through on this subject, you know, and and thank you for your grace around it. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm taking that in. I I really appreciate it, Lori. And I, I want to take a moment just to say thank you, dear listener, for being present with us today and want to acknowledge as always the reminder to trust what your heart knows. Thanks for listening to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and visit TheRadianceEquation.com to receive your copy of The Radiance Equation, a visionary's guide to coming out of hiding, owning your wisdom, and creating your greatest impact.